Welcome. Glad you're here. Glad each and every one of you are here. Trying to give you a spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down. Um, I don't know why CAT scans are getting so expensive. Uh, but they are. Cat, cat, cat scans are pretty expensive, are they? You know, now that, the, now that the government's involved, maybe they'll get a little bit cheaper. Uh, I hope they will. I hope they'll get a little bit cheaper. But I tell you what, if y'all all stare at this cat for just a minute, you'll all get cat scanned here just for a second. Just stare at him just a second as I go on. In a few moments, we're all going to do a, a cat scan on a backslider and ask the question, MRI? Now you can laugh. Go ahead. Go ahead. We use these tools in medicine to get a better picture of what's going on inside of us. You know, preventative medicine. That's, that's what I want to consider uh, this sermon tonight. It's, it's preventative medicine rather than, rather than corrective surgery. You know, a lot of times, uh, you know, the doctor would tell somebody like me, if you'd lose a little weight, maybe we won't have to do heart surgery on you one of these days. You know, that's preventative medicine. And so that's, that's the, uh, that's the, just keep that in mind tonight. It's, it's, it's preventative, not, not corrective. We uh, use tools like this in medicine to get a better picture of what's going on inside. And today we're going to take a, a deep spiritual anatomy look at ourselves tonight, okay? Uh, the, we're looking at the spiritual anatomy of a backslider and, and then take a practical approach by understanding the, the prevention, the protection, and the cure for backsliding, all right? Uh, backsliding is nasty. It's dangerous. It's like, it's like spiritual cancer. And if, if it's left unchecked, it can grow and grow and, well, it can cause the child of God to end up dying. And I don't want that to happen to you. I don't want that to happen to each and every one of you in here. I don't want you to leave it unchecked. But if there's a good news, there's good news to backsliding. There's good news. There's a cure. There's a cure for it. And I want to show you the, the cure for backsliding tonight. Um, let me define backsliding by the dictionary definition. And this sermon's focus is really only on a portion of that definition. I'm not going to look at the whole definition of backsliding. There's so many Bible examples of, of backsliding and backsliders. I'm not going to go into all that. I'm kind of focusing in on one aspect. The definition of backslide uh, comes from its first use in 1570. 1570, about the time your King James Version of the Bible was, was being written. In fact, we see it in the King James Version of the Bible. It means to lapse morally or to lapse in the practice of religion, to revert to a worse condition, backsliding. In quite a few places, uh, the word is used in the Old Testament prophets. Uh, if you look at, uh, let's see, Jeremiah chapter 8. Uh, the, the prophets, they use backslide or backslider uh, for Judah or Israel or both all the time in, in their writings. Uh, Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 8 verse 5 what God told him to. Why uh, has this people slidden back? Jerusalem in, in a perpetual backsliding. They hold fast to deceit. They refuse to return, Jeremiah says, and or God says through Jeremiah. And we have example here to, to use the term Back slide in, in the corporate sense, such as, such as a whole nation would backslide or a whole congregation even could backslide. 
into apostasy. Some have asked why I did not preach this sermon on Sunday morning. I've had quite a few people have asked me that. Why didn't you preach this sermon on Sunday morning? Well, again, I certainly could if my focus was, was moral. Okay? If, if it was just to, to, to whip people into doing what they needed to be doing, well, that would be a good sermon for Sunday morning. But that's not what this is. There, there are many who, 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 who want to do good, but they can't get out of doing bad, you see. But the focus today is more pointed. It's, it's more, more focused. This, this sermon, instead of a sermon of conviction, it's a sermon, uh, like I said, of prevention. Uh, most of you here are not backsliders. That's the reason I preached this sermon tonight. Most of you here aren't. I mean, you're, the Sunday night crew is the faithful few, right? The Wednesday night crew are the faithful few. And, and that's, that's, what I, that's the reason I uh, preached this sermon. Uh, some, of, some of you are backsliders. You may have come into the room. Welcome. You know, uh, Sammy Durrett said, uh, you know, he liked the sign, uh, Sunday night sermon, backsliding. All are welcome. He said, well, I, I, I'm not a backslider, but I'm still going to come, Chad, okay? You know? And so... <laughs> He reminded me of the time that I talked about homosexuality, all are welcome. And he, he reminded me of that as well. The focus of this sermon is the Christian, the faithful, godly, a worker. You're a worker, you're faithful, you're godly, you're trying to do God's will. One, but this is one who has either temporarily or permanently slid back. And they're not here anymore. They, not, they, they may not be living immoral lives, but they've, they've left the Lord and they've left the church. Why? Why? Let's cat scan ourselves and see if MRI, you can laugh again if you want to. You're a Christian. You're a Christian. Could you fall? Could you fall from grace? Could you be saved one minute? You've been baptized into Jesus Christ. You're saved one minute. You've been living a life for God. And the next, very next minute, you're gone. Not, not, not physically, but your mind, your, your spirit, your work. It's just, it's just gone. It's non-existence. You don't go anymore. You don't participate anymore. You're not, not involved anymore. You're, could that happen to you? Can you fall from grace? What would it take to drive you away from the Lord? What, what calamity would have to befall you? What, what, what death in the family would have to occur? What, what, uh, what job would you have to lose? Or would, you, would it be your house burning down? Or maybe the loss of, of a child or a parent or a grandparent? Or a loss of a job? What would it be? What would it be to, to make you leave God? Do you have a breaking point? The apostles were certainly close to Jesus, but even they lost faith. Even the apostles lost faith. Judas, Matthew 26, verses 14 through 26, went so far, he had lost his faith so far, he went so far as to kill himself over it. What would make you backslide that far? Later, it's, it's my intent to show you 
how you can prevent and, and protect yourself. And the cure, even if it does happen to you, maybe you could use this cure for backsliding. Maybe you could use it for somebody else. Maybe, maybe that's what you're here for. Maybe, maybe you're not backsliding. You have no intention of backsliding, but you know of somebody. And maybe you could use this cure on somebody else. But certainly you can use the protection and the prevention to keep it from happening to you. And that's my intention today so that you can understand it. But we're going to look at it a little more. We're certainly warned in Scripture that it's very possible to backslide and, and fall from God's grace. If once saved, they're, they're, uh, the, if, if, if once you were saved, there were no possibility to be lost, why would we be, why would we be warned? We're warned time and time again. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4 that the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith and their their conscience, verse 2, will be seared with a hot iron. In other words, it will be difficult to turn that Christian back. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 Paul gives a warning. He says, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. You know, we we certainly have to be humble. We can't think we're just all that, right? Because it can happen to any one of us. Any one of us. We've got to be very aware and protect ourselves. So, again, backsliding could happen to any one of us. Why? Well, here begins our... Spiritual medical process, I guess, our, our spiritual MRI, it won't take long because we really already have an answer from, from Jesus. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. It, it opens with Jesus feeding the 5,000. And the next day, Jesus turns up the heat on his teaching. The Jews complain. Jesus makes a comparison between himself and, and the manna that, that fell from heaven when the Jews were, when the Israelites were wandering in the desert. He is the bread of life, Jesus says. He is the bread of life. And unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you, he says. This blew their mind. This blew their mind. They, they couldn't fathom this. Uh, Look at verse 60. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand this? Who can understand what he's talking about? This is hard. Why? Well, look, verse 66. And from that time they walked with him no more. Why? Why wouldn't they walk with him anymore? Well, hard sayings were too hard. They were too hard. But the real cause is they they lost faith. That's their real cause. They lost their faith. What little faith they had when they faced the hard sayings, they started sliding back. Men are sure to depart from us when they lose faith. 
John chapter 3, verse 5, it says, You must be born of water and spirit. Mark 16, 16, believe and be baptized. Acts 2, 38, repent and be baptized. These are hard sayings. These are hard sayings to, to many people now, and they don't have enough faith to believe them. Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction. Narrow is the gate that leads to life. The fact that only a few are going to make it, only a few travel the, the narrow road, that's a hard saying. People don't like it when you say things like that. It's too hard. Matthew 16, 18, the fact that Jesus said, I will build my church is a hard saying. People, people, they'll leave. They will leave if you say there's only one church and you need to belong to it. That's a hard saying. It is. Others backslide because they, well, they were never converted to begin with. Their religion, their, their faith, well, it just wasn't deep. It was, it was surface religion. Surface religion. It was like the, like the seed in, in Luke chapter 8 verse 13 that, that it fell and it, and it didn't have any root. So, it, you know, when the rain came, and the, it, it, it grew up a little bit, but it, as soon as the sun came out, it just scorched it. It was gone. As soon as a little trouble comes. As soon as a little adversity comes, as soon as a hard saying comes, they're gone. They believe a little while, but when temptation comes, they, they fall away, Jesus said. Many others backslide because of worldliness. Luke 8, verse 14, the seed which falls among the thorns, you know. It grows, and, and, then, and then it gets just tangled in with the world and the way the world works and with jobs and money and kids and this and that, and, and it, just, it just chokes it out. Others black backslide because of weak faith when faced with unbelieving friends, when faced with a unbelieving spouse faced with unbelieving children they will leave the church they will leave the church the world has so many fun things to do and that causes many to go back there's a lot hey spring and summer are gearing up there's a lot, going to be a lot funner things to do than sit in this pew, I guarantee. But what is more pleasing to God? And that's, that's the mindset we've got to have. That's the mindset we've got to have. We're going to talk a little bit more about that when we, we start talking about protecting ourselves. Uh, the world, again, has so many other fun things to do. It, it causes many to go back and, and uh, it keeps others from obeying the gospel. It says in, in James, excuse me, John chapter 12, verses 42 and 43, uh, it, you know, many wanted to follow Jesus, but they were scared to, and they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Sometimes moving to mess you up. You ever thought about that? 
You know, sometimes they'll move. And, and a lot of our young people, I want you to listen to this one. This, this is a hard one, okay? When you leave Fountainhead, when you leave Portland and you go to your life and you go do your life, okay, the first thing you do when you hit your new town is find the Lord's church and get busy working. Get busy. A lot of people, when they move, they, they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. And that, that's hard. It is. It's hard on, it's hard on folks. And we've got, to, we've got to be spiritually mature enough to understand that we have a job to do. No matter where we go, we need to bloom where we're planted. Right? Amen? All right. Sometimes moving will mess up, you know, Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, it said, Demas loved this present world more than the Lord, and then he took off to a big city. Uh, so when you move away, find the Lord's church. Great wealth, great wealth, and great poverty will start you into backsliding as well. Um, those with great wealth, of course, have a hard time. There, there are more things to do. They have more things to worry about. Those with great poverty, uh, it's hard to have a lot of faith when you don't have anything. So a lot of times, those of little faith uh, and, and the rich, they have a hard time. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. And many times, pride, it destroys the poor. I've, I've, I've termed it the prideful poor. I've seen that a lot of times as well. Because they try to help me out, I'm not going to go. I've seen that. Because they want to help me out, I'm not going to go. I'm too prideful to accept any help. Many fall away because of work. Their faith is weak. Hey, the mortgages do. The, 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 the car payments do. The, the, the electric bill. I got. Hey, this is some sweet opportunity. I can't miss this OT. Overtime for you young people if you don't know what OT is. I can't miss it. It's too good of money. Sunday work takes many away from the church. And apathy and indifference are sure to follow. Many forsake the assembly, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, and they backslide. That's a reason. Many see their labor as vain. They, don't, they, they, they won't work and they backslide because they're not active. They see, well, what I'm doing, it doesn't matter anymore, so I'll, they don't even care about me up there. Some have their feelings hurt or their imagination runs wild. I've seen a lot of folks with their imagination run wild, um, that everybody's against them. And you know, we need, to, we need to always look at Matthew chapter 18, verse, verse 15, and we need to face our fears. If we have a problem with somebody, and we think somebody's against us, or we think somebody's talking bad about us, or, or just give me just any reason, we need to go to that person and talk it out and stop talking to everybody else or just not coming. Don't let that happen to you. Don't let that happen to you. If you don't know how, get somebody to help you. Some don't like the preacher. I can't believe that. But my uncle told me when I first started preaching, Chad, not everybody's going to like you. Hey, that's, that's just part of it. 
understand that. Not everybody likes the elders. Not everybody likes the deacons. Not everybody likes the church and the way the church is doing and growing, doing things. Is that it? Is that what's this, would, would that cause you to leave and never come back? Is that it? Is that, is that the, 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 cam, the nail that, or the straw that broke the camel's back? What is it? What's your, what's your straw? What's your last straw? In the parable of the Great Supper, folks gave all kinds of excuses on why they, they couldn't be there. But there's no acceptable excuse to fall away, to leave, to, to back, backslide. The number one excuse, excuse to leave the church is your excuse. <laughs> that's the number one excuse to leave the church. It's your excuse. Whatever excuse you come up with, that's number one. It's always tied, though, to a lack of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Without faith, it says, it's impossible to please God. Listen to me. If you don't get anything out of this sermon tonight, get this, okay? Hebrews chapter 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But you're not faithful, okay? You get it? I want you to see the, the vicious cycle that you get in. You're not faithful. Faith comes by hearing God's Word, it says in Romans chapter 10. So you're not here to hear God's Word. You're not looking at God's Word. So how in the world can your faith increase if you're not here? And you get in this vicious cycle and, 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 and you just, you're just gone. You know, Brother William Worthy, I, I put it in the bulletin today. Some of you had commented on it. He's looked at this CAT scan and, and said it's not an attendance problem. Not an attendance problem. It's a sin problem. It's not an attendance problem. It's, it's, it's a love problem. It's not an attendance problem. It's a hope problem. It's not an attendance problem. It's, it's a faith problem. People have lost faith. The results of this lack of faith and falling away are a loss of joy from serving God. 2 Timothy chapter 4. In verse 10, a result from backsliding is God loses a worker. Ephesians chapter 2 in verse 10, Demas, it says he loved this present world. And and a worker was gone. The worker in the church had, had left the church and went to the world. A church loses a brother or a sister. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 1, it says we're supposed to keep loving each other like a family. And, and when one of you leaves and, and, and one of our brothers and sisters leave, and, and they don't tell us why or they just go away, it hurts. It hurts. The world loses a good influence too. Matthew 5 verse 16, a light is put under a basket. But the backslider, he loses most of all. The backslider loses most of all. Matthew 16, 26. They gain the whole world. But they lose their own soul. You see, for those who know the way of truth, but they turn their back on it. 2 Peter 2, verses 
20 through 22, the, the latter state is worse for them than the beginning. You know, I hope by looking at this, this CAT scan at backsliders uh, that you'll be able to recognize the symptoms and you won't be able to, to fall into this, this grievous spiritual cancer. But now I want to address some things equal in importance to recognition of this spiritual cancer. And that's prevention and protection. Okay? How can you prevent this in your life? And how can you protect yourself? Okay? How can you present this, prevent this in your life? You know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, said Ben Franklin. If you, if you do not have to go through a backsliding period of, in your life, don't. In fact, you don't have to. You don't ever have to go through a backsliding period in your life if you don't want to. It is up to you. That's the reason this sermon is tonight. It's, it's, it's focused on those of you who, who already come, who already work, who already do. Now, if there's some in here who recognize, hey, I'm a backslider, hey, repent. I'm, well, we'll see the cure here in just a minute. First, to prevent backsliding from happening to you, take heed. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. Take heed. Don't think this can't happen to you. Be aware. Be aware. Take heed. Be a little more humble. And take heed lest you fall. Number two, be sure. Be sure. Be, be sure of your calling and election. Be diligent to make your calling and election sure. Add to your faith goodness. And to your goodness knowledge. And to your knowledge self-control. And to your self-control perseverance. And to your perseverance godliness. And to your brotherly godliness brotherly kindness. And to your brotherly kindness add love. You know, keep growing as a Christian. Be sure about your faith. Number three, keep Christ's word. If you, if you keep it, John 8, 51, if you keep it, he says, no, you will never see death. Spiritual death is what he's talking about. You'll never see death. What a wonderful promise. Number four, keep your zeal up. Your eagerness, your, your passion. For the Lord, uh, Titus 2.14, it says, Be zealous for, for good works. And, and, and God will protect you. He'll protect you. Psalm 121, verse 3 says, He who keeps you will not slumber. God gives protection to those He loves. He gives us the tools that we need to battle. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, we're to take up the whole armor of God. Take up the whole armor of God. And with that, we can beat the devil and we'll, we'll never back up. We'll never fall down. We'll, we'll never have to back up with the truth and righteousness because we've, we've got the gospel. We've got the gospel of peace and we've got faith and, and, and we can obey and we can wear the helmet of salvation. Because we've obeyed, we wear that helmet. We need to wear that helmet proudly. We need to understand that we're saved. And we're protected. We've got our armor on. But let's say, let's just pretend just for a minute. That your armor lays in ruins. You're hurt. You were a Christian. Still are, but man, life is hurting. Life is beating you down and your, your armor lays to the side. You, 
it's rusted and broken and needs repairing. You've left the church. You're here out of habit. You're here because of fear. You're here because of loneliness. You're here because you have a need, maybe. Maybe there's memories. You just can't get out of your mind. You you can't prevent, you, you can't protect because you're a backslider. And you know it. What do you do? What should you do? Well, there's a cure. There's a cure. If you're a backslider or if you know of someone who's backslidden or if you, if you ever get in this position and you're not a backslider now, you ever get in this position, here's the cure. Here's what you do. Number one, change. really is that simple change (laughs) I'm letting that sink in just a minute change change you're living one way change you're thinking one way change you can do it We can help. God will not overlook the ignorance of anyone. Acts chapter 17, verse 30. At one time, He overlooked ignorance, but not anymore. If you know that you need to change, you need to do it. Only you can change you. Repent. Repent. Acts chapter 8 verse 22. Repent therefore of your wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart be forgiven you. Repent. may mean you have to leave playgrounds, playmates, things you love to do, things you want to do. It may mean that you have to humble yourself. Confess your sins to God. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. He's faithful. He's just. If you'll confess your sins to Him, He'll forgive you. It's a promise. You don't have to confess them to me. I'm not the priest. You don't have to confess them to the elders. The elders aren't. Confess your sins to God. and be, He's faithful. He'll forgive you. And then get back in here. Change. Repent. Get back in here. You're not here now. You haven't been here in a while. Now start coming. Now start being active. Now start being a part. Change. Repent. Confess. And be strong. 
Once you're clean, once, 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 you're, once you, 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 you're cured of this, be strong. Be strong. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 says, Be brave. Stand fast in the faith. I love the King James Version here. Act like real men. Act like real women. Act like a real Christian. Get busy doing the Lord's work. Get excited about what you, what you were baptized into. You were baptized into Jesus Christ. You signed on for a purpose and a plan. Get excited about that. Get your zeal back up and start working for the Lord. Didn't use the previously mentioned prevention and protection to, to keep you from ever falling away ever again, to keep you from ever backsliding. Use those tools. Now, after the scan. You know, the doctor comes in after your scan and he, he tells you, well, you got this, 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 and this. Now, now you've got some knowledge, okay? Now you have some knowledge and you can know what you need to do now, right? Now you, it's the same way. We've done a spiritual scan on you, okay? And now you, you, you've got some options now. You're, you're, you're not lost anymore. There's some options. There's some direction for your life now. What are you going to do with that direction? What are you going to do with it? Now, some will welcome the truth that's presented in, in God's Word today. But for some, these are hard sayings. Some of the things I've talked about, they're hard. Many will see God's wisdom and obey, but some will resist. Some will resist. Some will, will turn away and they'll, like the disciples in John chapter 6, they'll follow no more. Some of you will never obey. You've turned your back and are caught in a catch-22. You can't seem to get out of this catch-22. If you're there and you don't know how to get out, just please ask for help. Ask for help. We, ask for additional help because we can. We can help you. It was my intention to educate you tonight and, and keep you from ever backsliding. But there may be someone here who needs help. There are a few who need to be baptized. If you need help, come right now. As together we stand and sing.